I'd like to thank Aaron K for sponsoring this week's Torah content. June is less than a month away, which means that I'll soon be transitioning into summer writing mode with more Substack articles and fewer recorded shirim. The bulk of these articles will remain free. However, if you would like to support my Torah and access additional spicy written content, consider becoming a paid subscriber by going to rabbishnewest.substack.com. Okay, so we are only focusing on, well, allegedly, we're only focusing on the third of the Ramam statements. Um, a quick review of yesterday, uh, not everything yesterday, just we did Shalosh Averos and Ephraim Adam Balamazev, Ein Lochelok Lolomaba, Avodazar Gilu Yarayas and Shfilos Damim, Lashnar Knega Kulam. So I think we said a lot of stuff yesterday, but just I think breaking it down, it's equal to Avodazar because of the distortion, it's equal to Gilu Yarayas because of the indulgence in pleasure, and it's equal to Shfilos Damim because of the harm. I think that's like the general like uh, gist of it, you know. Um, so then today we're focusing on. Kills three people. So the speaker, the one who says it, the one who accepts it, and the one who it is said about, and the one who accepts it more than the one who says it. Okay. So I looked this up in the Gemara, came across a weird Rashi. Okay. So uh, the Gemara says it in Aramaic. Tlisai Katil, Lashon, which is Lashon Hara, right, kills three people. Um, oh, sorry, Tlisai Katil. Lashon Tlisai Katil Tlisai. Why does it say Tlisai twice? Let me just see what if I'm reading this right here. Uh, oh, third speech. Okay, Katil Tlisai. Sorry, Lashon Tlisai, third speech. Uh, Tlisai Horeg kills three people. Yeah, so look at this Rashi. Lishna Tlisai, Ze Lashon Harachil Shehi Shlishis Ben Adam Lachavero Legalis Loso. Okay, so this is a gossiper who is a third party between a person and his friend who reveals a secret. Okay, so what does it mean that it kills the speaker and all these people? Lomro Larachil, so it kills the, the gossiper, Atmo himself. Shemitoch Mariva Shinafelis Ben Hashnaim, because due to the fighting that will come about between the two people he, he you know, revealed the secret for. Horgin Zezeh, they'll kill each other. The Horgin Gole Hadam, as a Rachel, Herig Baalyado. And then the Gole Hadam, the blood avengers, will kill the gossiper because they got killed because of him. It's just like an oddly literalistic way to take it, you know? So it's not much to me that that's what it's about. But um, I just thought I'd read it in case, like, it's, uh, you know, relevant. But what would you say? What's the idea of it killing three people? And then why does it kill the recipient more than the speaker? I mean, assuming it's false information. Well, Lushna, remember, is, is true. Lushna, yeah, Rachilus is true and um, not degrading. Lushna is true and degrading. And then Moti Shemra is false and degrading. Yeah. So the key, what's the key question you have to ask to like unlock the whole thing? Well, I guess how does it affect them? How does it affect? Okay, yeah, but what's the like more pointed question? You're going to say the person who accepts it, he knows this is going on, just has the, the worst say, the worst understanding of what's going on as opposed to the speaker. Okay, that's a good reason. But the thing you're going to have to say is what is it, the analogy of killing? Right. Like that's in order to unlock everything. What's, what's the metaphor of killing and why? Like, cause I think yesterday we said that it's talking about the harm, but like, what is, you know, killing is not synonymous with harm. So why does it use that such a strong lush on? You could just say it means really bad harm, but right. yeah. 
Well, I mean, if it sparks like a conflict between everyone, yeah, that's usually uh, said in terms of like elite being killed. Yeah, so that, that that's that's definitely like seems to be the, like the approach that Rashi's taking that we're talking about actual. Uh, consequences, you know, that it can actually like bring about an actual death. So maybe that's why Rashi is taking it this way because he wants to preserve the literal meaning of killing and then he has to construct a scenario where it's like that. I don't know about you. I'm inclined to say that it's not literal, that it doesn't literally kill three people. It's, I think like, especially the way that the Raman puts it here, you know, Lushnar is not literally equal to a Vodazara. It just resembles it or it partakes of it, you know? So, yeah. So let me take one step, okay, which is that Killing is uh, is not only the most severe harm, but it's uh, it's irreversible. It's permanent harm. Okay, permanent damage. Okay, so the way I'm taking it is that Lushanhara uh, affects permanent severe damage on the speaker, on the recipient, and on the person who it's said about. Right. So the one who it's said about that's the easiest one. Right. Okay. Um, the speaker, we kind of already paved the way for that based on the comparison to these three, because those are three ways in which we said it uh, it harms you, right? Is that you're, you're uh, you know, engaging in a projection of your own emotions onto the other person and treating that as a reality. Uh, you are utilizing someone, uh, you're indulging in a, a certain base instinct vis-a-vis another human being, and then uh, you are, uh, you're harming them, right? Um but now, now I think you could say what you're going to say. What, what, what were you trying to say about the uh, why it harms the recipient more than others? He's the one who now knows the least. As like his knowledge was actually having is the worst. Okay, right. So in other words, the guy who you're speaking about, like, knows the truth. Okay, right. So it's true he could be harmed by it, but he's gonna. I mean, he's gonna be harmed in terms of like the effects of the lush and hara on him. The speaker knows the truth because he's distorting it. You know, I mean, presumably he knows the truth because he's distorting it. But the guy who is uh, the recipient is like an innocent bystander in, in a sense. And it's even worse because if you've ever been on the receiving end of Lush and Hara, no, not the receiving end, the bystander end of Lush and Hara, someone can completely like, like taint your image of another person almost like beyond your control. Like if someone says a you know, I think that's why it's emphasizing the permanence of it is that once you say something bad about somebody, you can't unhear it, you know, uh, and you can go through and you can like, you know, investigate it and like maybe see that they're, they're, they're false, but like, it is a, um, it is a, like, I don't know, it, it, it's a, almost a, 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 you're almost just a victim of the other person's distortion, distorted view. It's like they're, they're for, foisting their distorted view onto your mind, you know? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a bit of like an unconscious bias, like yeah. going into like, even if you're saying maybe it's not true, like in right. mind, the thing you, only thing you know about this case, is exactly, whatever the guy said. Right. Um, I'll read this Yad Pshuta in case it helps. He says, um, "This is on Hamakablo Yosemina Omro Kah Gam Hebi Bepirsh Mishnayos Avos Hamis El." So in that Pirkei Avos we quoted earlier in the week, uh, the Rambam cites this. So I didn't know this, that apparently there's, this is not an explicit statement of Chazal, okay, that it affects the recipient more than the, uh, the, the speaker, which, by the way, I also looked for a bunch of commentaries, and I couldn't find much beyond this. So he says, So that's big. We're not for David um, accepting Lashon Hara. Okay, now I'm not sure what that's referring to. We can look at it in a second. Then the Malchus based David would not have been split. 
And Israel would not have worshipped the Vodazara, and we would not have been exiled from our land. So let's see what that Gemara is. Nun Vav Amud Beis in Shabbos. Nun Vav Amud Beis. Anyone know what, I mean, David accepting Lashon Hara is? David. Yeah. Okay, here we <laughs> okay, so does Rashi say? That's what it might be here. It says, uh, yeah, a report about Mephibosheth. So is what happened to Mephibosheth? Basically, you know how David and Yonatan were great friends? Yeah. Where, like, after the whole event, Mephibosheth was the son of Yonatan, and David was accepting him, like, to the royal entourage, like, you know, sort of, like, made him a noble, and, like, he would prestige with him during the official rebellion. But I think at some... I think at some point, a servant claimed that of his, like, when he was coming back, a servant, Mephibosheth, claimed that Mephibosheth committed treason and then David Lieberman, I think split the estate in half and get half to the servants. Okay. <laughs> All right. Sounds like, uh, sounds like we, we have to look more into the facts, which we're not going to be doing in Kios. So uh, the only thing Rashi says is Lo'avdu Yisrael Zara. So Israel would not have worshipped with Zara. Sh'aideh shenech lecha ha-machus hemidu ravim ha-galim shlo yalu the Yisrael Yerushalayim l'mem shaltal shorachavim. So after the kingdom split, Yeravim set up the two golden calves and then they worshipped it. So he doesn't really say what the Lushan Hara was exactly. Yeah. Um, all right. So let's let's look at uh, the bottom here. Nunvavam um, Aleph. Yeah, I'm just going to read this in English in the interest of time here. So it says, oh my goodness, this is a, a whole long thing. All right, I don't, yeah, this is a whole long thing. I don't think it's going to help us with our, uh, with our issue. Um, and then he goes on, the Yad Pshuta goes on and says, Ra'ah. So we saw yesterday that it describes the Miraglim as slandering the land. Moshe Davin for them to be forgiven, and they were forgiven. And it says there, that even though they were forgiven, then the Gezer remained in place. The Jews should have said to the Nesim, uh, uh, we're not li- we're not listening to you. So, so the implication of that midrash, I guess, um, I don't know what the source of the midrash is. Just as is Eliyahu Raba, um, the source of the midrash seems to indicate, or sorry, the midrash seems to indicate that the that if the Jews had said we're not listening to the Maraglim, then they wouldn't have had the Gezerah. So it's not that the Maraglim spoke Lashon Hara; it's that the Jews accepted the Lashon Hara. You know that was the uh, the the main faith. Uh, the yeah, and and that that resulted in a whole because uh, in the midbar. Um, also, I wanted to show you. Oh, he quotes the Rashi. Hold on. All right, so he quotes that Rashi that it kills three people and they're going to fight, and the goal of Hadam will get uh, uh, fight back. Um, so the Rivet explains that the like Rashi that the Rachel is the third party. 
Why does it call it Lashon Shlishi, like third speech? Because it kills three. In the days of Shaul, four were killed. Okay, so in the Doeg story, Doeg, who it was said about, about, was killed. Do you know how Doeg died? I don't know how Doeg died. Shaul, who accepted it. Achimelech, uh, we know, because Doeg said Lashonar about him, and Avner. Okay, I don't know what that's what talking about. Reigam Midrash Rabbah Vayikra Chavzayin Beis. Hairly Noam Okay, that's a guy. Yeah, okay, fine. So I, I, I didn't find much about this, um, other than what uh, what we're speculating here. Rashi is saying very practical. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Again, I don't know why Rashi is driven to say that, other than it preserves the literal meaning of killing. But, you know, it's... it's uh, I mean, look, there is an underlying idea here, which is that Lushan Hara is um, bad enough that, like, it can completely destroy somebody, you know? And, like, if you, that, that is another way to take it, which is that there's really, there's your, you know, your biological life, but then there's your life as, like, a member of the society. And you see nowadays, like, in um, cancel culture, that, like, all it takes is one thing that's said, and, like, it could totally end someone's career, you know? In fact, let's end with this. I saw a, um, they have a Chuvus of the Rambam. So someone asked him about a cancel culture thing. Okay. Uh, so we don't, uh, I, I guess this was found in the Geniza. I'm guessing because, um, yeah, Geniza, because it doesn't have all of it. But the guy asked the Rambam um, that there was a woman, we don't know, blah, blah, blah. So some, someone accused this guy of wanting to sleep with this woman, this old woman, I guess. She did not have any um, witness for it. And she didn't have any proof. And nothing ever happened like this. Like this guy, the guy had like a clean reputation. So she was just trying to make an accusation because she wanted to harm the guy. Um, uh, and to ruin his reputation, and to ruin his uh, livelihood, and to embarrass him publicly. Okay, so the real contemporary thing. So should a person believe her words or not? Okay. So again, it's hard to know what the question was because we don't have the first part of the question. And then uh, the guy goes on and says, the questioner says, So the guy's question is, does the um, the victim, uh, the sorry, the, uh, the person who is being accused, does he have the right to make a public excommunication of anyone who says this about him? Omisha Tofel Alav Sheker, or someone who like uh, accuses him falsely, Vachoshidbo, and suspects him, but Meshainbo Olo, or and suspects him of something he didn't do. Uh, so that's the question that they pose to the Ramam. The Ramam says, In the Kabbalist of Raha, you should not believe her. Okay, so um, the, the modern statement of believe all women, um, that was the when, when they first started the, the Me Too movement. And then that was that was a, a slogan, right? Um, because it was it, it is a common case where people don't believe women, you know. But they took it to the opposite extreme and believe all women. Um, so Ram says, "Don't believe her." So any person has the right to excommunicate anyone who slanders him. So this guy has the right to excommunicate her. But he does not have the right to excommunicate people who are suspicious of him. Uh, The best thing would be to stop this speech from going on. 
and not to make excommunications and not to, to make uh, public statements. So I think, you know, do you know, have you heard of uh, the Streisand effect? Okay, so I don't know what the oh, no, Streisand effect was named after the actress uh, Barbara Streisand. And so this is, uh, there's a Wikipedia article on it. The Streisand effect is the way in which attempts in which attempts to hide, remove, or censor information can lead to the unintended consequence of increasing awareness of that information. It is named after American singer and actress Barbara Streisand, whose attempt to suppress California Coastal Records Project's photograph of her clip-top residence in Malibu, taken to document California's coastal erosion, inadvertently drew greater attention to the photograph in 2003. Um, there's a, a Pusigan Michelet that says something, it says it in a weird way. It says something to the uh, effect of if you try to, if your nose is dirty and you try to rub it, the dirt off too hard, you'll make your nose bleed, you know? So like if you, if there's some uh, stain on your reputation and you're too like forceful about trying to get rid of it, it'll just make everything worse. So I, th I think, again, it's hard to tell because the Ramam is very concise here. Sounds like he's saying the best thing for everybody is to just not talk about this anymore. Uh, and he can put her in excommunication, but he shouldn't go around excommunicating a bunch of people because that's just going to draw attention to it. Yeah. So you're just talking about this. Isn't super else? Like, this in practice basically means that if you did something wrong to someone and people don't know, that you can put the person, like you put your victim in Chayra. Put your victim in clearing? In practice, that's what it means. Like you do have to agree in practice, it also means that. Uh, I don't understand. Uh, he's saying this guy was the victim of slander by a woman. Yeah. So he can put her in the harem because she's the criminal. No, no, no. The thing is, is that as far as actual justifiable laws, and all you know is one person is accusing someone else. Right. If he was actually the criminal and she's telling the truth, then you're also saying the criminal can put his victim in, in harem. Well, I think the Ramam is answering the question that was asked, which is that the guy, yeah, there's no proof of it, right? So this guy is is innocent until proven guilty. If the guy is vada guilty, I don't think he's saying that you can put that the the that he I mean, can put the thing. But you also accept there are people who are actually vada guilty, but we don't know. Yeah, but you can't just go around putting people in harem because of that. I mean, you could put people in harem for doing slander, right? I mean, this is a case of slander, right? She's making an uh, accusation out of nowhere. Which, so, so this is the question asker. What if the what if she's correct? I mean, I don't know if uh, it sounds like the question asker. Um, I, I I can't judge based on the question asker because the, we don't have the whole question. Well, but it sounds like the wrong saying you shouldn't just excommunicate. Well, he's saying that he the guy he's, he's saying he, right right exactly he's saying you can right yeah I, I I wouldn't make leaps about who you can excommunicate just based on on. But saying it seems to be pleasure on this. He's saying that. In practice, I'm not talking about like in, in theory, but in practice. Yeah. If you're the criminal and like your victim is public about the crime, then you can excommunicate them. And yeah, so not, if you're not proven guilty. Yet, yeah, exactly. Yes, you're not proven guilty. Yeah, that's in practice, though. That's like saying I mean, the, the guys are. All I'm seeing here is Harshus Biad Kol Adam Lahafrim Bishim Mishim Moti Alav Shem Ra. Hotsa Shem Ra is when you make up something negative. No. Okay, so so if I'm a criminal and and there's just no evidence and someone uh, and the and the 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 victim like talks about me, that's not the wrong case. And that practice is the wrong case. No, it's not. Yes, it is because basically, as far as the judge is concerned, there's no evidence, so she's just doing what she's shamra. Yeah, but how does that give me the right? I, the I know she's not doing what she's shamra. No, it doesn't give you the tick word; it gives you the practical right. I don't get it. I don't. I don't, I don't, I don't get it. Practice, I don't agree. 
Let's say you do. Right. And let's say you're alive. Right. Let's say I can't. You can't just. I mean, I don't think the wrong saying you could just excommunicate based on your own lies. Like, I mean, in practice, he is saying that. No, he's not. No. Yes. No, he's not. I just be out call Adam lahachim b'shem misha moti alav shame ra. If someone lies about you, you can excommunicate the liar. No. But if yeah. What? I mean, it's clear that in the legal theory, yes. But the thing is that let's say to the third party, you have two people. Okay. One, one person who accuses the other of the X crime. Yeah. The person who's being accused. Yeah. And he says that, and he puts the accused, and the, per- the accused puts the accuser in terror. Should you, fo- as in the accused, says you put the accuser in terror, you follow the accused. But the accused, though, are you talking, so you're talking for the third party to obey someone's harem? Isn't that what it means, like putting them in harem? Putting someone in the harem is an actual Misa, yeah, right? As in, and as in, and that's why I'm saying you don't just have. I don't think you just have the right to put anyone in the harem whoever you want, because then there's no point in asking the question even. No. Also, I think the wrong I'm saying that he, if if the person is actually doing Moshe Shimra to the guy, then he has the right. If yeah. he does it when he's not when he's actually guilty, then he doesn't have the right. He's right. Doing something wrong. Right. Also doing Moshe Shimra. Right. That, that would be true. That so that just that, that's like a that would be true. That, yeah. Yeah. That would be true if he's actually guilty. He doesn't technically have the right. In practice, he does. Okay, but in practice, you do a veros. Yeah. Right. In practice, you do you have you can choose to do whatever you want. That doesn't mean that the Torah sanctions or that the halacha sanctions you to do it. Yeah. I guess I'm saying according to halacha, if the guy knows for a fact that this is false. Yeah. He can, he's allowed right. to do that. Otherwise, right. he's not allowed to, but he can always do it. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. you can always make up whatever you, know, whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. If you've gained from what you've learned here today, please consider contributing to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Rabbi Alternatively, if you would like to make a direct contribution to the Rabbi Schneeweiss Torah Content Fund, my Venmo is at matt-schneeweiss, and my Zelle slash Chase QuickPay and PayPal are mattschneeweiss at gmail.com. Even a small contribution goes a long way to covering the cost of my podcast and will provide me with the financial freedom to produce even more Torah content for you. If you would like to sponsor an article, share, or podcast episode, or if you are interested in enlisting my services as a teacher or tutor, you can reach me at rabbishnewos at gmail.com. Thank you to my listeners for listening. Thank you to my readers for reading. And thank you to my supporters for supporting my efforts to make Torah ideas available and accessible to everyone.